Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Black and Abdallah. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Welcome in to Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Abdallah has the night off. If you want to join me and talk some football tonight, you can call me at 312-332-3776. The Bears practice today at Hallis Hall. They face off against the Cardinals Sunday, 325 Christmas Eve. The Bears are 5-9. and nine. The Cardinals come into Soldier Field at 3-11. and 11. This is a game that the Bears should win. And I know like as the week has gone and we're trying to recap off of the bad loss against the Browns, you know, Luke Getzey, the offensive coordinator, spoke today at Hallis Hall. And I, I feel like, you know, if the Bears can put something together here in the final three games, win some games, there is a chance that Matt Eberflus can find his way back as head coach. I know you're listening. You're saying, Blake, that's crazy. The, the Bears have blown three games at the end. They, they're not good enough. This isn't enough progress. This team isn't Super Bowl quality. Why would you bring back the head coach? We need change. I know there's been a lot of outrage throughout the week. Everyone needs to be fired. You need a new quarterback. You need to start over. Start fresh. Use that first pick of the draft to draft a quarterback. I, I do think, though, there is a chance if you win these games here in the final three weeks. Falcons, the Cardinals this week, and then the Packers to end the season. There is a chance that I could see Eberflus coming back. The perspective I have is go back to the summer. Go back to the start of the season. You told me the Bears would win eight games in this season. I would say that's a success. Vegas set the number at seven and a half wins. That would be an over. If you bet on the Bears to go over in the summer at the start of the season, you would cash a ticket if they can win these final three games. I do think that the way they play against the Packers could weigh heavily in the the minds of the McCaskies as well. If the Bears go out and play a great football game, revenge that loss that they started the season with, maybe that puts a taste in their mouth that this team is moving in the right direction. I push back on the idea that the the locker room is being lost here. I, I think these guys are buying in. I think these guys want to play for each other. And I think that they are building something. The question is whether or not they're building something quick enough. And, and so with that said... The one thing that I was thinking about today with Luke Getzey speaking at Hallis Hall is it feels like there's a chance Matt Eberflus returns, but Luke Getzey is the scapegoat for the season. And when I say that, like, think of it this way. If I ask you this question, what's the blame for the offense's lack of success this year? What would your answer be? I think you could give me like four different answers. There's a chance that all four could be right. And there's a chance that all four options could split a piece in the pie to, to be the reason of blame to why this offense hasn't improved. You know, from last year to this year, in offensive yards per play, the Bears last year were 20th. This year, they're 25th. In points per game, last year they were 23rd, scoring 19 points per game. This year, they did improve slightly. They're 22nd, and they're scoring 20 points per game. 
it's not the jump we expected. I think we all thought in the summer, in the, in the offseason, with the addition of DJ Moore, that this offense was going to be much better. And so who's to blame for that? I'm guessing that's going to fall back on the offensive coordinator. You know, you could say it's all Luke Getze's fault. He shares a piece of the blame. You could also say the quarterback hasn't improved enough. He shares a piece of the blame. And when we talk specifically about Justin Fields, the one thing I kept pointing to last year was looking at Jalen Hurts and the improvement Jalen Hurts made from year two to year three. Year three, Jalen Hurts, he had a 66% completion rate. He had 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, a quarterback rating of 101. Justin Fields this season hasn't met any of those statistics. Justin Fields' completion percentage, 61. He only has 14 touchdowns to this point. I don't think he's getting the 22. Fields has eight interceptions. Hurts last year in this third season. Only had six. And then quarterback rating, Justin Fields is at 85.6. That's not the 101 of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, of course. Hurts had a better offense. But we saw a progression in year three for Jalen Hurts. We have not seen with Justin Fields. Okay, so you got the offensive coordinator to blame. You have the quarterback to blame. You know, specifically, if I look at the Minnesota games, I look at that game against the Browns, I'm blaming the offensive line. They didn't protect for the quarterback like they should have. Fields didn't have time against the Browns. Therefore, I think in many situations this season, the offensive line still to blame. They've been improved in spots, and when they've been healthy, I think they've been okay. But they still are to blame to some of the lack of success with this offense. And then, you know, something that really jumped off the page from Sunday against the Browns, skill position players. DJ Moore has been awesome. Cole Komet, until I looked up the numbers, I was going to write down as a guy that I don't think is playing up to what I thought he would play play to, but his numbers this year are better than last year. And until I actually looked it up, I sat down and looked at the numbers, Cole Komet's having a better season this year than he was last year. I was surprised at that. Outside DJ Moore and Cole Komet, as far as skill position players go, who's having a good year? You can't name another wide receiver. None of them are helping out. You got a running back? There's three of them. Sometimes one is okay. Sometimes none are okay. Right? Like what Robert Tunyon, the other tight end, was supposed to help out. What a, what a miss by him on Sunday against the Browns. That was a touchdown. That was six for the quarterback. That was for the offensive coordinator. You let the guys down, Tunyon. So I think when you look at this offense and you say, who's the blame? I think you can find plenty of situations where you can blame skill position players this season. I think you can blame the offensive coordinator. I think you can blame the offensive line. I think you can blame the quarterback. Now, how they finish out these final three games, I think could go a long way to whether or not at least one of those items is back next season. That's the quarterback. If Fields looks really good in the next three weeks, I could see a world in which he comes back. Is he going to be a great quarterback in this league? If I had to put money down now, I would set, I would suggest that it's likely not to happen. Unfortunately, this stuff clicks sooner than later. It's rare that a quarterback becomes an all-time great in his fourth, fifth, 
sixth season in the league after struggling the way Justin Fields has struggled. Can the Bears win with him? I think they can. I think he can still be a good quarterback. I don't think they absolutely have to move on from him. And in fact, I don't think they necessarily need to use the first draft pick on a quarterback. I really want Marvin Harrison Jr. You add Marvin Harrison Jr. to this offense, and boom, now we're cooking. Right? Because DJ Moore is not the only skilled position player that's doing anything. So when we look at the entire situation for this entire season, and you ask who's the blame, I think you can spread the ball around. And perhaps because Justin Fields has not spread the ball around enough this season, that's why we're in this situation where the offense points per game has only improved by one point, going from 19 to 20 in the last year. Or their yards per play going from 20th in the league to now 25th. But if I had to guess, it's not going to be Fields that gets the blame. And it might not even be the head coach, Matt Eberflus. Chances are it's going to be Luke Getze who's going to be the fall guy. We'll talk to the Fat Jack. We'll preview the gambling weekend coming up next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. If you want to talk Bears football, you can call me at 312-332-3776. It's Black and Abdallah. Abdallah has the night off. It's time to preview the gambling weekend with the Fat Jack. Ready to fatten up your winnings? Got something to eat up in there? We hungry. For the best football picks, give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly! On Black and Abdallah. Here comes the money. That's right. Go to his website right now, FatJackSports.com. Sign up today. You can also call 800-298-1383. Jack, how'd you do last weekend? Yeah, you know, it's one of those runs where it can go a long time. I mean, we we were 4-0 last Saturday in football. We were 4-1 on Sunday, 8-1. We lost Monday night. Um, so overall, the last two weeks, we are 16-4 in football. Uh, just absolutely killing the books. It's not even close right now. When you go to FatJackSports.com, I encourage you to go to the results tab up top right-hand corner. You'll see, if you click on 2023 uh, football, you'll see all the plays that every single client has received. Everybody gets the same plays. They're 16-4 and four in football. And the basketball, over the last 25 days, are on a 45-14 and 14 run. That is 30 games up. Over the last little over three weeks, hundred dollar players at three thousand dollars just in basketball. When we lose, I come on here. You ask me every week, yeah. how'd you do, Jack? When we lose, I will tell you we lost last week. Here's what happened. But during these runs, we have not had one of those conversations since October. It has been one winning week after another. Everything is dialed in. Bowl games are up on the year so far. Bowl games are a fickle mistress. I mean, they're tough. I mean, you get backup quarterbacks, the freshman guys holding out, going to the portal, all those types of things. We have carved out a little bit of profit there. And the NFL, nobody, and I mean nobody, is hotter than I am in the NFL right now. Like I said, 4-1 and one again last Sunday. Uh, we're on a 16-4 and four run. We were 7-2 and two the Sunday before that at eight or nine plays and went 7-2. and two. So really, really dialed in. 
FatJackSports.com if you want to start making money betting these games. You know, Jack, week to week throughout the NFL season, sometimes we look at these Thursday night games and, and they're, they're not appealing. I think tonight's game has a lot of storylines, two teams trying to make the playoffs in the NFC, Saints, Rams. How should we play this one tonight? Yeah, I think we're going to know a lot about this, uh, how the, the personality of this game is midway through the first quarter. If New Orleans can score, this has been a, a Saints team that has not put up a lot of points on the road. They're 10-2 and two to the under their last 12 road games, and actually 16-4 and four under the total their last 20 overall. The Rams at home also playing under for the most part, five of their last six. I think there's going to be points tonight, and actually so does Las Vegas. Uh, the total's up around 46 points. That's a relatively high number for these uh, single games on Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night type games. And I think that's because New Orleans is going to open up their offense a little bit. They understand they cannot run it into this line of scrimmage against the Rams. And they're going to have to run play action early, be a little more imaginative. And it's going to set up to where I think they're going to score some points. And when they do, that's going to open up the Rams offense as well. So I like the over the total. If you make me play the side, it's just a lean toward New Orleans because I do think they're going to have some success moving the ball. Uh, and if they get into the mid-20s, I think they probably cover the number. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think it's a close game. Better play on the over, though. And one of those that if you look just at the numbers and the historical numbers, you're going to be lean to, leaning toward the under. I do think we're going to get more points out of this one. They'll go over the total tonight in the Rams in New Orleans. I do love this time of year on Saturdays. We get NFL action. And, and the Bengals, uh, back-to-back weeks on Saturdays, they're on the road this week against the Steelers. This is a matchup in the NFL where two teams are starting backup quarterbacks. How should we handle this? Steelers, Bengals, yeah, how I mean, should we do this? Yeah, yeah, this is one of those games where, you know, last week I came on to the Saturday games, the road team has an advantage. They cover about 64% of the time or a little under 64% of the time since they've been running these Saturday games. And last week, all three road team, teams lined up and did not cover the number. Uh, it was a home team. And by the way, we, we won. We went undefeated on Saturday. So, um, I, lo- I look at the numbers on when we t- start talking about things and send general information out, but when it gets down to who I'm going to release, it gets a lot more in detail than just generally speaking what happens on Saturdays with the road teams. But when you're talking about the road team here, uh, you're getting a backup quarterback, as you said. I do think there will be a little bit of a circle of the wagons with uh, – with Mason Rudolph starting for the Steelers. And I cannot, I'm not giving up on Mike Tomlin yet. I know a bunch of Pittsburgh Steelers fans who have basically are ready for him to, you know, hit the door. I mean, they know where he knows where the door is. It's time for him to go. Yeah. I don't think we're to that point yet. Um, I think there will be a little bit of a bump because they're, they're starting the backup quarterback. And I think Tomlin's inconsistency to what he says in the media versus what he's doing is what's been so frustrating. I mean, a week or so ago, he was adamant that Mason Rudolph was not going to see the field. They were not going to play. And then he comes in late in that game, and now he's starting this week. So which is it? I mean, do you have any who's driving the bus over there? Um, I do think that they will rally the troops here. Um, Cincinnati's been giving up points on the road. Five of their last six games have gone over the total. Pittsburgh playing good defense at home. Um, nine of the last thirteen or nine of the last twelve Pittsburgh games have gone under the total. And so I think that Pittsburgh plays that same defense. I'm not willing to, you know, make Pittsburgh or make Cincinnati's backup quarterback a, a star in the league just yet. Uh, we've seen inconsistencies that we typically get out of these players that haven't played a whole lot. And I think the Steelers defensively will be able to take advantage of some of that, especially with Watt coming off the edge. So give me the Steelers in that one plus the point and a half or so. Now, Jack, I want you to tell me what you think of this. Throughout the week, I've looked at Buffalo. They're on the road at Los Angeles against the Chargers on Saturday. I think 
that Buffalo right now is back in the mix for being one of the top five best teams in the NFL. The way they're playing in the last couple of weeks, they're so dangerous at quarterback. I feel as if people jumped off of the Buffalo Bill bandwagon way too early. And despite their record being eight and six, I think this is one of the better teams in the NFL. Am I crazy for thinking that? Dude, wait, let's quit acting like you just now are you're saying something revolutionary about the <laughs> Buffalo Bill. I've been covered on this show for a month. I told you they were going to cover against Kansas City. You I did. came on last week and point blank told you they were not just going to beat Dallas. They were going yeah. to hammer Dallas. That's what, I, I made a point to say they are going to blow out the Cowboys last week. Yeah. And the game against Philly, I gave you them against – I've been on this exact show talking about Buffalo for a month now. Of course everybody jumped off the bandwagon early. The key to making money is getting out in front of these curves, getting out in front of these efforts. Of course everybody jumped off. And the reason they jumped off is what we've been, I've been saying for a month. When Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, this team is more than competent. They're more than the, the same team that thought they had Super Bowl aspirations in the preseason. It's who Buffalo is when Josh Allen doesn't throw the ball the other team three or four times. But it, it, people are so recency biased in their handicap. They look at what they saw last week, and so the first third of the season or whatever, Allen was not taking care of the ball. They were protecting things. Receivers are complaining. And so everybody decided that's who this team is. And I kept saying, wait a minute. I started this when they went and played Philly. I said, wait a minute. That's not who this team is. They're going to be fine because you could see a transition in not only his mindset, but the way that the coaching staff was calling the game, that he was not going to have as many opportunities to give the ball to the other team. With all that being said, this is not a great spot. We have exhale spots in a couple of these teams this week, and they're definitely one of them. Uh, Philadelphia is the other one. Philadelphia's had a, a really monstrously difficult schedule. Mm-hmm. They've played really, really tough games. Now they're giving a bunch of points. Um, I would I would be real careful about jump you want to be careful about jumping on bandwagons, you know, as everybody else is trying to jump back on, or jump off when everybody else is jumping off. You really want to do the opposite of that. So when everybody's jumping off, you want to jump on. When they're jumping on, you want to jump off. I would put Buffalo in that category. I'm a little bit of a wait and see this week. But to your point, you're exactly right. Long term, they have tied to the ship. They are the most dangerous team there is. It's not quite in the playoffs yet. Nobody's going to want to see this team come playoff time because when Allen doesn't turn the ball over, this dude, they are really good top to bottom. And right now they're in a groove and they're playing really well. So a lean toward the under in the Buffalo Chargers game. Chargers do not score. Five of the last six at home have gone under. And Buffalo's been living under. Six of their last seven have gone under. So better play on the under. A lean toward uh, Chargers plus those double digits. Um, And in that other game, I would also play the underdog. I think Philly's given too many points here. Giants 9-3 and to the under. I think they keep that game close enough to cover the number. New York teams in general this week, it's been one of those yin and yangs. We we talk about regress to the mean typically early in the year. We haven't talked about it a lot this year. But just like when the Giants and the Jets both had the offensive player of the week in the league two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and then they turn around next week and just basically laid an egg, expect somewhere in the middle to be what both of these teams are, like the Jets and the Giants cover this week. Jack, you 1,000% gave us the heads up on Buffalo. Absolutely. And, and, and like that's what this great information is all for, is because then you can kind of use that and try and look at other matchups and other situations and figure it out. And and that's where I go to locally here. The Bears host the Cardinals. Last week, the Bears had a chance to win. It was a major letdown. It's all anyone's talked about here in the city of Chicago. We're all hanging our heads low because of the way that kind of took place. But 
in the last month, this has been a much better Bears team that we've seen. I think a lot of people look at this as if the Bears are now out of the playoff picture, so they're not going to care. I'm wondering if we should apply the same logic. We've seen this team over the last month play really good football. Will this be a letdown against the Cardinals, or will they go out? I'm, I'm seeing this point spread around four points, four and a half points. Will the Bears go out there and cover that number? They remind me of a team that is that continues to mentally grasp defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. I mean, this is it wasn't just last week. I mean, this team to finish games out has not done it correctly, and they haven't figured out a way to close games out. But make no mistake, if, if you guys out there listening, if you hear one thing I say this week, do not muddy the waters between what you as a fan thinks is going on on the field or frankly might hope is going on or not going on on the field and then what's actually occurring with these players and these coaches. There are no such thing as a player or a coach that does not play 100% every single down there on the field. There's no such thing as a, as a player or a coach that cares one iota about whether they're playing for a playoff spot or not playing for a play. They don't care because what they're playing for is their livelihood, their career. When you start for the Bears or any team that's not making the playoffs, you are first up out of the league. You are first up to be on the practice squad. So these guys, when they step between the lines, they don't care about any of that. So be real careful as a fan, and certainly as you're going to bet these games. In muddying those waters, you, you're going to see that coming up every single week the next few weeks. And when it gets closer to the end of the season, these teams that, well, this team's playing for a playoff spot, and they're playing a team that doesn't have anything to play for, I'm going to play the playoff spot. That is the quickest way to go broke right after the new year is by betting that because these players don't care. They are playing for their jobs, they're playing for their livelihood, and the coaches are doing the same thing. So with all that being said, I would have trouble betting on Chicago having nothing to do with effort or what they're playing for or not playing for, but more to do with the fact that they have not figured out from a coaching staff on down how to close out games. They've been three and a half quarters. This team's been the better team for a lot of these games here in the last month or so. And to your point, you're exactly right. Defensively, they have turned the corner. Since they picked up sweat, they have been getting pressure. They have been doing the right things, keeping totals down. Five, six of the last seven Bears games have gone under the total. Arizona's not scoring a bunch of points either. Five of their last five on the road have gone under. I'd go under the total for sure if you got to bet the game. But there's better spots to make money simply because the last thing you want to do around the holidays are play three and a half quarters, especially with your favorite team having money on them, and have them do what they're supposed to do, and then figure out a way to puke down their leg in the last you know five or six minutes of the game to not only cost you a win with your team but also your money. Christmas night, Ravens and 49ers, the two best teams in the NFL. Jack's been telling us about the Ravens all the way back in August when he joined us live that this was a team that was going to make a run at the Super Bowl. Ravens on the road against San Francisco. How should we play this matchup? It's a fantastic game. This segment makes you money. If you just listen and follow some of it, you're doing something. And if you happen to listen to us in August when I was in town, when it was hot, my belly was still tan, uh, you got the Ravens at 30-1. to to win the Super Bowl, all you got to do is bet it. They don't have to win, and I don't think they're going to win at this point. They're going to have to get hot at the right time, but it doesn't matter. When you make one good decision in August at 30-1, to we're going to hedge that back. We'll talk about that when we get to the playoffs on how we make sure we're going to guarantee ourselves making money on that one good decision we made in August. This is going to be – it'll be a litmus test. I I think San Francisco's a better team. They're at home. Um, Are they five-and-a-half points better? I don't think so. I think this will be a close game. Uh, both these teams really, really successful, as everybody knows. 8-1 and one straight up Baltimore is. San Francisco 13-1 and one the last 14 games at home straight up. This is the first time 
uh, that we've had since 1980, the top four teams in point differential this late in the season playing each other. And so when you get this type of game, this game in Dallas-Miami, obviously the other one, where you have basically the best four teams as far as what they've done against their opponents playing each other, this is kind of an anomaly. It doesn't happen much. I think this is a close game. Turnovers will determine it. Think playoffs. Think a playoff game. I don't think Baltimore gets there straight up. I would have trouble laying the big number, though. Uh, Shanahan does not care about covering numbers, and I think they will, they will work on not turning the ball over, not making mistakes, and let Lamar Jackson put himself in harm's way. From a guy who's got Baltimore to win it all, I'm much more concerned, not concerned about whether they win or not, much more concerned about them getting out of this game injury-free. San Francisco's very physical. Lamar Jackson is still an idiot at times, puts himself in harm's way. And I do not – the one thing they'll screw up a 30-to-1 you know, Super Bowl bet is to have your quarter, your star quarterback do basically what he did last year and go down here late in the season because he's running the ball when he shouldn't. So a lean toward Baltimore plus the points, better play on the under. How do we play the Cowboys and Dolphins? Because you mentioned that matchup. It's another fantastic game. Two 10-win teams facing off against each other on Sunday. I've been absolutely dialed in on San Francisco, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Dallas. Those teams I have not missed on. That 8-2 and two uh, last couple of, or late one last week and eight and one the week before weekend, all had those teams as my selection. This one, I think, is as easy. All right. Miami coming off a, a big win against a bad Jets team that did not move the ball, could not score. Um, Tyreek Hill has given, had his birth of his third child by three different girls in the last 12 months happened this week. So he's got, he's handing out cigars to everybody. Yeah. I mean, you start handing, that's just going broke. I mean, if you hand out to the, to the wife and her family and their family, he's got no more Cubans left. No. So Andy, by the way, he's a little bit banged up. Dallas is a circle the wagons team. They are better than what they put on the road last week, and this is a much better matchup for them. They will get pressure on Tyreek on uh, Tua. Expect this defense to show up here. I'm not buying they can beat good teams consistently. And just like I played against them last week, I told you they were going to get hammered. I think they beat Miami handily here. Play the Cowboys plus the points. Jack, when our listeners go to FatJackSports.com, what will they receive when they sign up today? Honesty, consistency, transparency, and winning selections at a rate that nobody is doing. I mean, nobody. Eight and one last weekend, eight and one, or nine and two the weekend before. We're on a 16 and four run. I mean, just an incredible run betting the games. Go to fatjacksports.com. And oh, by the way, baskets are up over 30 games, 45 and 14 over the last 25 days. 45 and 14. About 100 bucks. That's $3,000 in profit over the last 25 days in hoops alone. 169 for football through Monday, 189 football and hoops through Monday with a better deals. 299 for football through the, uh, big, uh, the, uh, NCAA championship. 399 football and basketball through the football NCAA championship. Better deals on the longer packages. Everything is emailed to you, very hassle-free, and it will get you into profit as we turn the page to 2024. Go to fatjacksports.com, sign up today, and win this weekend. Merry Christmas. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Merry Christmas to you, brother. Have a good week. I'll see you soon. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
and Abdallah. Weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. You can join the conversation at 312-332-3776. We take football very seriously here on the show. Abdallah has the night off. Uh, but I still take football very seriously, and that's why it's time for Chauncey's Animal Picks. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black and Abdullah. You can listen to Chauncey and Chauncey's Great Outdoors, 6 to 7 a.m. Saturday mornings right here on ESPN 1000. And his animal picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming from Fieldshare. And Chauncey, last week you went 2-2. Two and two. You're now 24-16 and 16 on the season. What's up, Chauncey? 2-2. Two and two. That's what Abdallah claims. Abdallah claims you went 2-2 two and two last week. I'm going to check my records. <laughs> well, I would uh, listen. You know how this goes, Chauncey. Yeah. I uh, I tend tend to lean your way. I who uh, knows no, what Abdallah's up to. Well, you know, right? it, it, it's Abdallah. We understand. He that. emailed me. Here's Chauncey's record: twenty four <laughs> and sixteen, and he went two and two last week. So mm-hmm. we appreciate his efforts, but you're saying he's wrong. No, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just checking my <laughs> records. <laughs> Everything knew, good, Chauncey? I knew I blew the eagle and uh, Seahawk one. Yes, I, correct. I picked the Eagles. Yeah, right. And, and the Seahawks uh, won. I got the Broncos. Broncos. The Lions. I got the, the Ravens and the Jaguars. Okay. Yeah. What was the, what was so the that's three. Uh, let's see. From last week? Uh, let's see. Yeah. I can I can go back. Uh, last week, Broncos-Lions. Uh, we also had the Falcons-Panthers. We had the Ravens-Jaguars, Eagles-Seahawks. Who'd you have, yeah, Ravens it, or Jags? You know... Well, I had the I had the Ravens. No, I lost the Ravens. Okay, see there you yeah. go. Okay, two and two. Two and two. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. I was like getting my brain straight there. You know, it's the holidays. Oh, well, you just wanted to double check Abdallah's work. <laughs> I would never double check Abdallah's work. All right, Chauncey. This week, <laughs> Colts and Falcons. What do we have here? <laughs> Colts and Falcons. You know, I, this has been. It's it's going. It's not going to be an easy week uh, because. I I really think that um, you know the the Colts big animal you know they're you know large they have a lot of stamina and everything else Falcons a lot faster do this you know I, I mean I really I, this one I was beating my head about and I I think uh, are you ready for this one Yeah go Atlanta Wow Falcons I like it. I like it. Falcons, we got it down. I, I, may, I may be eating this crow on Monday. <laughs> I should say eating the falcon on yeah, Monday. Yeah, eating falcon. You know. <laughs> All right, got you down. Falcons, uh, the only other animal matchup in the NFL this week, Cardinals, Bears. Uh, Cardinals, Cardinals and Bears. You've got this big bruiser animal who's a little bit wounded. You know, we understand. He's a little bit wounded. Um, and the Cardinal, smaller animal, but quicker and more agile than a bear. They're going to zip, zap, zoom, get around bears. Bears are just, you know, on the line. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of interceptions because of their, the way their claws are made. I, but I think the Bears, 
Bears? Okay, yeah. we got you down, Bears. So this week's picks, Falcons and Bears. Mm-hmm. Chauncey, what do you have coming up on the show on Sunday morning, 6 a.m.? Well, on uh, 6 a.m., what we're going to be doing is it's our, it's our Christmas weekend special, oh. right? Uh, first of all, we got Steve Edinger, who's the director of the uh, Illinois Conservation Illinois Conservation Foundation, uh, and he's going to be coming on to talk about how you can give a gift of the great outdoors for a Christmas gift to yourself or someone else in your family uh, through a donation to them. It's a five hundred one c three you know corporation, sure, uh, and they do so many things for not just for kids, for for women uh, getting into the outdoors, single moms, families, they do huge amounts of things throughout the state. And it's just a great organization uh, that is someone we all should be supporting. And uh, also I'm going to have on uh, Steve Sillick from the Forest Preserve District of Cook County. I know this sounds a little strange, Hmm. but we're going to be talking about ice fishing. (laughs) 53 degrees. Can you believe the weather this week? No, no. It's great. I love it. It it is. But, you know, I always say Mother Nature is not the pretty woman wearing a lacy white dress walking (laughs) through the fields picking daisies. She's wearing leather, rides a Harley, and will whoop you up the side of the head. And she ain't done that yet this winter. No, she hasn't. (laughs) You know what that means, Chauncey? It means January and February are going to be terrible. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. And then uh, we're we're also going to be doing a little reading. Uh, A number of years ago, I took... A parody, like you guys take the parody of uh, Christmas songs for uh, ESPN. Yeah, right. Yeah, I did a, a little parody on Twas the Night Before Christmas, oh. and I did it was the night of Christmas for the forest animals. Okay, okay. So I like we're gonna, that. We're going to be doing that. And uh, otherwise, you know, I, I just want to wish you, your family, uh, Abdallah taking a day off. I know. Once again, know. right? Yeah, I know. How many days off does this guy get? You you can text them that. See what type of response you get back. Okay. I mean, you know, Jesus. You know? How many days off does this guy got his contract? Um, you know. But, uh, you know, I wish you and, you and your family and, and, and your extended family uh, a most blessed holiday, Christmas, and, and everything to you all. You as well, Chauncey. Merry Christmas. And thank you for always coming out and supporting our show when we're out and about. Hey, listen. I have to because you supported me so many years. <laughs> Thanks, Chauncey. Have a great Christmas. Bye-bye. All right, there he is. There's Chauncey. Do you want winners? Chauncey knows a keeper when he sees one. He sees every angle and knows all the right calls. Get your picks from a man who was raised by the frozen tundra. It's time for Chauncey's Picks with Black. And no doubt. And yes, we take football very seriously. And Chauncey's annual picks are brought to you by Mobile Warming by FieldShare. You can go to their website now, 25% off site-wide. Use the code ESPN25. That's uh, Mobile Warming by FieldShare. The technology is fantastic. There's jackets that connect to your Bluetooth, and they warm up. It Really, it works. It's great. They've got gloves. They've got hats. They've got jackets. They even have jackets for dogs. They, they got it all there if you want uh, socks, heated, all this stuff. The technology is outstanding. outstanding. Check it out. Mobile warming by FieldShare. 25% off site-wide. Use the code ESPN25. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Talk to you. Talk some football. Ray on the south side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Ray? What's going on, Blake? Good evening, man. Good evening. I just had a... 
I just had a quick question um, before I yep. made a, make a point yep. or whatever the case is. So with that first round pick, our first pick, the Panthers pick, would you be willing to trade that pick for Jalen Hurts? Would I trade the first pick in the draft for Jalen Hurts? Is that? I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah. Would, would, um, would you trade that pick? No, I don't think I would. Okay, just one one more question. Would you trade that pick for Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow? Yeah. Yeah. One hundred. Yeah. It's, okay, so the, it, it, Jalen Hurts is Justin Fields' comp. Like, that's his ceiling, right? Like, can we all agree to that, that Jalen Hurts is Justin Fields' ceiling, potentially? His ceiling? Yeah, his ceiling is. He hasn't played up to that yet, but yeah, I think that they're comparable players. I, I think, like, basically what I'm asking that is, like, you indirectly telling me that Jalen Hurts cannot lead a team. Like, he needs help. I feel like, like, with those quarterbacks, like, top, like, top-tier quarterbacks, the Mahomes, the Burroughs, or whatever the case is, like, those guys don't need that much help. Like, the four for those guys is nine wins or more every year. And I just don't we, – we won't get that with Justin Fields. And I don't know, man. I just think it's time to move on. Like, I, 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 I'm just tired of it, man. I just – I can't deal with it anymore. I'll hang up and listen to your response. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Appreciate the phone call. I, I get it. L- listen, not having a quarterback in this city, I, I'm sick of it too. I would love for the, the main topic for, for a football season or a year to not be searching for a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. We've done this. We've watched this episode. We've seen this season before. Uh, unfortunately, like to compare it to Burrow or to Mahomes, like those are the two best players. I'd even throw Josh Allen in there, probably Herbert. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, when healthy, is in that conversation. Those are the very best quarterbacks in the NFL, but other quarterbacks can win. You know, Matthew Stafford tonight is playing for the Rams, and the Rams uh, have been winning some games. They're they're 500. They're hosting the Saints Thursday night football. He's won a Super Bowl. Is he the top three quarterback in the league? No, he's not, but he won a Super Bowl. He was good enough to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, is Justin Fields, is his ceiling Jalen Hurts? I don't know. I, I compared earlier this season. I thought his ceiling was kind of like Dak Prescott. And Dak is having a great year this year. I think the problem with Fields is that we just have not seen the accumulation of touchdowns through the air. If he was throwing for more touchdowns, I feel as if we wouldn't have such a harsh opinion on his inability to play the quarterback position. You know, like his interception numbers, only throwing eight this season, I think is pretty good. And those two in the last game don't count. I mean, please. Two Hail Marys, one at the end of the half, in the first half, and then one at the end of the game. That's not on the quarterback. He's taking care of the football through the air. The problem is the sacks, the fumbles, and not enough touchdown passes. If he had enough touchdown passes, I don't think people would be questioning to bring back Justin Fields next season. Scott, on the Northwest, uh, in Northwest Indiana, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Scott? Hey, what's up, buddy? What do you yeah, got? I was just listening uh, to the Jalen Hurts uh, comparison to uh, Justin Fields. Yeah. That's ridiculous. How so? Well, look at Jalen Hurts' numbers and look at Justin's numbers. I mean, yeah. he's on a winning team. The numbers just, the, the, there's no argument about that. So no I, comparison. I think the caller, the the last caller, Ray, was trying to suggest is Hurts the best that Fields could be? Is that his ceiling? 
Yeah, correct. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any comparison there. Now, do you think that, um, and I don't want to lose the subject, though, but it's going on with the Tom and Fields deal. You need a quarterback, or we need a quarterback. You all need a head coach. Is that an even swap? Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin? Justin Fields for Mike Tomlin, and we're going to have to take your fifth-round pick, which you guys are going to obviously have. And a fifth-round. See, the way I look at it, I would never trade a player for a coach. I don't think that's – I don't – that's not something I would do. I would just just hire someone else to be the head coach. I would go hire Jim Harbaugh. I'm not giving up a player for a coach. That's crazy to me. There you go. All right, Scott. Educated opinion, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think like Mike Tomlin, he he'd be a great coach for a team, uh, but at that point, just go get someone else. Sure, but who are you gonna go get? Harbaugh. No, Jim Harbaugh is not coming to Chicago Bears. I think there's a better chance of him coming to the Chicago Bears than Mike Tomlin. <laughs> there's the problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I agree with that, but yeah. You need a coach. We need a quarterback. Justin Fields, you put him in a good organization, the guy's going to be good. I mean, the kid, yeah. ha- he does have talent. Yeah, that's and, – and, Scott, I'm with you. I, I think he does have talent. Thanks for the phone call. I, I think that's the thing that I'm having trouble just, like, completely giving up on is I do think Fields has talent, but for some reason things have just not clicked. It should have already started to click. We should have already seen major improvements, and we're not. Clay in Glenview, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Clay? Hello? Hello? Yeah, this is Clay. Clay? Yeah, I was uh, saying that you don't have to have a great quarterback to win the Super Bowl. The 85 Bears won the Super Bowl without a great quarterback. But they had a great team around them. So I'd like to see them use as much draft capital and capital to build up the team. We need we need a, a good top pass rusher. We need a center. We need another uh, left tackle and put Braxton Jones maybe as a right guard. But we need some other pieces to make the defense better and to make the offense stronger in its line. And Fields could maybe take us into the playoffs and even to the Super Bowl if you got the surrounding talent. And I left out we need another wide receiver. So that's, I think, what they should go. And if they do that and Fields doesn't work out, then the next year they can get a quarterback. And they can even take a quarterback in the late rounds this coming March. That's what I feel. Thank you, Clay. You're welcome. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. (laughs) 
watching Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Thank you to Charlie Bevins and to Sean Graney for producing tonight's show. Coming up next on ESPN 1000, we'll have the Boca Raton Bowl, South Florida and Syracuse. Two minutes left in the first quarter. We'll join that game in progress. South Florida leads 14-0. It's the college football bowl season. You'll hear the Boca Raton Bowl right here on ESPN 1000. Coming up in six minutes on ESPN 1000. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Aki and Meller will have the show for you. Uh, all calls welcome. Friday night calls with Aki and Meller. They'll fill in for Black and Abdallah. And I will be with Yurko tomorrow from noon to 2 right here on ESPN 1000. We'll be at the Buffalo Wild Wings in the South Loop. So come on out, hang out with us, and we'll be there tomorrow to, to wrap the uh, football weekend and get Yurko ready for uh, Bears and Cardinals. So hang out with us tomorrow. Buffalo Wild Wings in the South Loop. <laughs> And Tyler and Jeff will have the uh, Black and Abdallah show uh, tomorrow night, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Charlie, earlier today, okay, let me ask you this question. When you're on the street, you're walking down the street, and you see an active uh, road rage situation taking place, do you keep walking or do you stop and watch? Because uh, I, I today saw some road rage taking place, and I just stopped and enjoyed. It, it was fun to watch. I I usually keep it moving because I don't want I don't want the eye contact to happen, and then all of a sudden I'm a part of this. Oh, I kind of wanted them to see that there was an audience. I wanted them to know that they were being ridiculous. So uh, on Belmont uh, near where I live, uh, it, like beer, uh, Belmont and Kimball. What they've done now is they put up bike lanes. If you listen to the show, I've talked about it. It's stupid. It's idiotic. They're, they're ruining the streets of this city by putting up these concrete bike lanes. So essentially, you can't pass someone now on Belmont. You have to wait your turn. And I guess the lady in front of the other lady was on her phone and not paying attention, and she wasn't moving. And so the lady behind her was just laying on the horn laying on the horn and they got to a point where there's an opening to turn and the one car zipped around the other one and went in front of it and slammed on the brakes and just sat there and then rolled down her window and gave her the bird out the window and just proceeded to sit there for 30 seconds very petty while the other lady is now screaming out the window very petty very impressive blank 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 and the horns are just rolling meanwhile because you can't pass anyone on belmont anymore there's like 15 cars behind them as the two of them are just having a honk off is that something you can say on the air they're honking (laughs) off at each other like that's what they were doing and it was the pettiest thing i've seen just middle fingers just honking screaming at each other and i'm just standing there on the side of the street being like this is hilarious it, it wouldn't work in this situation you have to be moving at a faster speed but my big move is to hold down the wind the windshield wiper fluid <laughs> so it sprays up all yeah. on their car yeah. yeah i mean hey you want to talk about the city of chicago and and uh, the cheer for the season that right there. Two people honking their horns and, and the middle fingers out the window. All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow at noon. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.